When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! know when the moniker of Mr. Devil was thrust upon Kenny Danico? Like, was it while he was playing? I don't remember. Was it after he was retired? I don't know. Trying to remember, like, when was I know. he started called? Just, I just feel like it was always there. Did he? It wasn't. But, make uh, himself, was he like, I want to be Mr. Devil from now on? <laughs> Would you say no to him? Musical, from now yes, on. Sir. No, no. I'd, I'd, I'd say, well, all right, you, you're Mr. Sense. Devil. Yeah. You I mean, know, but yeah, it's it's possible that maybe Chico Rush gave him that. I could I could almost see that's something he would do. He's yeah, a, I agree that, with you. Kind of, I could totally yeah, see Chico sense. doing that. Yeah, and that maybe the last couple of, last couple of years. So yeah, let's 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 move on this story a little bit. How do you think it went down, Dan? How do you think it was the first time that Chico thrust that name upon him? He was probably doing like you know an in game uh, like interview following up, and you know maybe in his last season. I'm thinking something like that you know i could just imagine him saying you know kenny you know you're like mr devil you know and just it just stuck like yeah exactly like exactly. molasses yeah very much so I, I i bet you it was chico he's good for names like that hey mr devil if you're listening let us know why and who gave you that nickname because we don't know and if anybody else is actually listening that knows the real story please let us know we're the uncle puckers bob dan i'm chris what's up boys What's going on? What you do, man. Uh, um, can we just call Bobby Mr. Uncle Pucker? Mr. Uncle Pucker. That's I like great. that. Mr. Yeah. Uncle Pucker. Definitely. So what'd you guys now think we're all of related, that? you know? What'd you guys think of that game on uh, Sunday? That 5 p.m. start? A lot of firepower on this team. Uh, pretty amazing goals by Brat. That was something else. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about Brat later. Mm-hmm. But right now, I guess we'll just uh, go over a quick little box score. Let the mm-hmm. people know how this whole thing went down. I'll start by saying to like start celebrating, guys. Sound the horns because the Devils scored first scored in the game. First. It took Woo-hoo. it took seven yeah. or eight. It took to game eight, but they finally have somehow, some way, mustered the intestinal fortitude to finally <laughs> net the first goal, and that's big because they yeah. ended up winning the game. So yeah. uh, let's get to the nitty gritty. You know, it's great. That first it was great goal. Being in the lead. Yeah. That first goal was uh, at the 6-13 mark. That was Jesper Bratt's fifth of the year from Marino and Ball, uh, which I actually missed the first period. So if anything was special about those goals, um, I thought I was recording it when I got home. I put it on right at the overturn of uh, Bratt's second goal. Okay, yeah. Would be second goal. Um, so was there oh, anything, yes. I, anything special about that? 
Uh, it's just a beautiful shot. I'm trying to remember the setup it was from. That was from Marino and Ball. Yeah, uh, that it, it was pretty. It was a pretty goal. And at the 14:53 mark, former Devil, Mr. Pat Maroon, he got his first of the goal from Brodine and Faber, and that ended the first period, tied at one. Right. Second period, the Minnesota Wild jumped up to a two-to-one lead at the 2:31 mark with the goal from Ryan Hartman, his sixth of the year, on the power play from Addison and Erickson Eck. And then it uh, Devils kind of took over there at 6-10 to Foley, who's just been red hot his yes. seventh of the season on the power play from Bratt and Luke Hughes. And what, 44 seconds after at 6-54, Eric Holla stays super hot with his fifth of the year. That was unassisted. That was a beautiful slap shot from right inside the uh, the offensive zone. I mean, poor Flurry had no Yeah, well, he's chasing on that puck and it was like all like knuckle pucked. Yeah. And- he did uh, really lean into it, and it was one of those shots that I think there's no way that traveled straight. That was kind of like an up-down flutter. Sure. Yeah. So it kind of was like up, over, looked like maybe probably to the goalie at that second that was going to go high and wide, but it, it's knuckleballed back down. Yeah, It was a great Fleur, shot. Flurry pretty much didn't have any chance at that. Yeah, and to uh, Foley's goal, what a beautiful setup by Brad. Brad basically just used to Foley's stick to put it in. I mean, yeah, it was it, really good chemistry there. He was too... Brad, uh, before that, is the first assist. Is this second assist? You know, it was is, great. Is this power play a thing of beauty or what? Wow. I mean, wow. we talked about it in the summertime about the potential yes. of what this power play could be, and it's really kind of coming in. I know. I feel like <clears> the, the team as a whole and, is not coming into focus yet. There's still some places, but if this is like the first thing to like fully come into focus as reaching potential, makes you think like, wow, if you could just do the same in these other areas it's uh it's a monster yeah. team yeah yeah the, the the power play has just been amazing the defenders they don't even know like where to stand they're just zipping around so fast and oh, so yeah. crisp they're just yeah. confused you know it's it's definitely a thing of beauty and it's looked great all season but this game i think it really just looked beautiful I mean, mm-hmm. the two goals that were scored on the power play were just you so You can feel the confidence, gorgeous. right? Yes. In, especially not just in comparison to years where it wasn't good, but even go back to some of the years where we had a, a great power play. You, you didn't ever feel this confident about it. Maybe yeah. that's because we're rolling around at 40% clip right now, but uh, it yeah. really does feel good when they get that puck. Well, we don't like to lie to our uh, listeners, Bob. Uh-huh. It's actually 42.4%. Oh, damn it. That's what we're – which is just – Ridiculous. I mean, that's just <laughs> ridiculous. So Hollow's goal puts the Devils up three to one, um, and then at the sixteen thirty nine mark, Jesper Bratt with his second of the game, sixth of the year from Timo Meyer and Luke Hughes, and that puts the Devils up four to two. After two, rolling to the third period, Wild get another one. It was uh, Jacob Middleston from Maroon and Felino. That got the vial within one goal, and I do kind of want to talk a little bit about that last uh, 10 minutes of the game, really, because I thought the Devils did a really nice job with playing that team defense and not giving Minnesota too much near the end, even when they had the man pulled and they ended up getting in between. Well, they had they were within one, and uh, man, VTech played great. He did. I mean, he was, he, he was yeah. very good in the beginning of the game, too. The Devils scored first but you know they might not have he, he looked really good especially uh they, they might have scored first anyway because he had a couple saves to keep that lead for a while in the first period second period he was great the, yeah, whole the game. game was kind of everything i expected 
um, if you look back at the fact I even said I thought it was going to be tied, we were what uh, one shot and a few seconds away from that almost becoming a reality. Yeah. But um, they, they definitely that was the type of Devils Minnesota game I thought we were going to see. And um, I did think that, you know, I liked that VTech was in there again and, and getting a little bit of that consistency for now. Now we'll see what happens with the upcoming games. Um, holding off a real, real big push by them in the third period. And they just couldn't get that empty netter, you know, no matter what they tried. And I, I hate that when you're watching those games, because you see that so often where they don't mm-hmm. get it. And then of all things, a power play uh, to end it really, really made it nervous, but they stuck together. They pulled it out. So um, good, hard win. Yeah. It improves the devils uh, to their second win in a row, improves their record to five, two and one on the season. Um, we talked about VTech. He let three in on 34 shots, uh, 31 saves. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury with the loss uh, made 26 saves on 30 shots. Um, I thought Fleury, you know, when he was super tested, we scored on him. He made a couple of nice saves, but you know, um, some of those in, goals, no one, no one was going to stop them. Some of yeah, those prettier goals. They're yeah, beautiful. As, as, Especially the power play ones, um, yeah. you know, forty like we said, forty two point four percent, which is you know first in the league, but it's ridiculous. I mean, it, and the thing is, like, this is the time where you start, you know, you start coming down to earth a little bit. The Devils aren't coming down to earth with the power and, play, and right? even though you know Heischer's been out the last couple games and out for foreseeable future, it's clicking that well with him at at two points on the year. So you're saying we should trade Heischer. I, we got to get rid of them. I think so. Awful. I mean, think Speak, about the capital. Speaking a little bit of predictions, uh, I think one of mine came true. We're not going to have Heischer for the road trip. Is that right? What I that is, that's what I heard today. Yep. Yeah. How? So he's so definitely out for the next two games. I believe so. They said the four-game trip, he's not traveling with the team. I, I think that's said. what I read, yeah. That's uh, that's not good. It is right. not good. That was, you know, it, pretty. I hope he uh, comes back 100%. He has a chance to reset. But he's going to be out a few games. Yeah, which is bullshit. No, go ahead, Bob. I was just say he'll, he'll be out a while. He'll he'll be fine when he gets back. And of course, I was joking about him. The whole point of it being the power of that power play when we have a Nico Heischer that does what he's capable of doing too. Sure. Yeah. It certainly isn't going to make it worse. So, um, sky's the limit. Well, you know, I think that the NHL needs to change their uh, disciplinary actions. Okay, so if a guy like Connor Clifton goes high on a guy like Nico Heischer and hurts him. Your suspension shouldn't be two games and then Nico's out for 10. Whatever the injury is should be the fucking suspension. So if you knock a guy out for a bullshit Bush League hit and he's out for fucking 12 games, then your dude should sit for fucking 12. Yeah, or better yet, your your suspension doesn't even start on the clock till you sit out as many games as him. So if it goes back at game 10, then you get your two or three games or whatever it is. I mean, I like that until it's Timo Meyer that has to sit because he hit somebody else. Right. Like, it, it, here's the like problem. It's once in a while, I've seen people suspended for things that were, I think it was kind of wrong that he even picked up a suspension. And it, let's face it, it always matters sometimes who you hit and sure. what team you're on. And, you know, some. So I think most suspensions are warranted, no doubt. But uh, I'm going to use the same kind of argument I do about the death penalty. What about the one you get wrong? Uh, you know, now what are you doing? This guy can't play. Uh, be, and especially if this guy gets, you know, sure. tipped into a surgery situ- situation, he's not going to play for the rest of the season. Okay. But NHL can really put a guy out for the whole season 
I think um, they have you know, to. I think that if you look at the tape and you see that this dude took a run, he had his elbow up, that this was intentional. Um, and I'm not saying that Connor Clifton's hit was that. I mean, it was uh, Connor Clifton's not a dirty player, as far as I know. A little bit more reactionary than I don't know. It's it's uh, one of those things that. No, it was definitely not like I'm going to line this guy up and hit him right. high. But as you're throwing a hit, these players are professional players. And it's it's all, it's only so much you can believe that their bodies can get away from them. They know like, okay, if I'm missing here, I'm going to – and honestly, it kind of leads me to that whole situation that you know resulted in that unfortunate death uh, for uh, Adam Johnson. Uh, I don't know. You guys have seen this. We all yeah. heard about this. And, Did you uh, see? I didn't. I mean, was, I don't know anything about the awful. play. I watched it several times today. Oh. Um, I wasn't really gonna watch it. It just seemed like it was one of those things that's like, oh, it's too bad. But there was, of course, a lot of controversy about it. So it made me like, okay, well, what is the issue? I want to see this hit. Explain to the audience exactly what happened before you explain the play. Okay, so you know, um, Adam Johnson and another attacker on the way in the zone, and I don't know the teams. And, and this I is barely... for your a European League team. Yeah, right? exactly. Okay. And uh, I don't know who's playing for who. I really, literally saw the clip in, in question. And um, but anyway, he's on the offense coming in the zone. Um, he's not the primary person involved at first, so the, the man eventually was responsible for what happened. Uh, was actually trying to hit a person on his team, on Adam Johnson's team that was ahead of the play, carrying the puck in. Gotcha. He threw like a hit where he kind of glanced off. And he was at one of those hits where the, the guy throwing the hit is going to go get upended. So he began okay. to be upended. Now this is really slowed down to what happened. But he, his feet go up in the air and Adam Johnson is the trailer right there. And you see the contacts made. It's a very grainy thing, and luckily not gory. It's so very skate blade quick. to the neck. Yeah, but see, the whole question is: Did uh, this player Pettinger um, kick at him? Did he do this? And um, it's, it's it's one of those interesting plays that, like, you can watch it a lot of times, and and it, I think as a fan, you can come to different conclusions based on what you believe is maybe in the mind of a player. But I think a lot of players would go, "Wait a second, I kind of recognize what happened here." I don't know how, if other players have felt this way, but you know, if you ever played anything where you are like in a one-on-one situation and you're getting beat, right. And you're getting beat and you've made your attempt at, you know, stopping your opponent. You could take this into basketball or anything else, other sports too, but you know, the guy's getting around you. Uh, so you have limited options. This all happened real fast. So that's how like the, really the genesis of most of these dirty hits are. You know, they're not really lining up for like, wait, you see what I do with this guy. Right. The slew foot is a great thing. You know, like he slew footed him. And um, a lot of times the slew foots, if you look at it, one guy is beating the other. Yep. And he's like right. not having it. My last ditch effort, I'm going to throw my leg out there to stop him. It's almost like an unconscious thing. But on the other hand, these are professional players. They know what they're doing. And they've seen lots of injuries through hockey. Some of them had them themselves. So there is kind of like, wait a second. You throw a slew foot out of desperation. I'm sorry, that's Bush League. That's that's bad behavior that we can't tolerate as a league because you're going to put end somebody's career that way. You're responsible for the slew foot, even though on some level it's kind of reactionary and you being the best competitor you can be, you know, not just letting the guy beat you easily, right? 
so you're kind of responsible for that. And I think this is one of those situations too, because this guy, I think when he got hit, he did get, when he hit actually, he bounces off, he gets upended, but it looks like a person, a purposeful throwing his leg up as if to stop the guy he knew. Like he knew the guy was there and he's putting his leg up. Right. It's what I would call reckless. So reckless that you think about, can you have somebody this reckless in the game? Because skates up high can do the worst. And it's exactly what unfortunately happened here. So he's totally responsible in my mind. It wasn't like, Hey, I just took a weird bounce. My skates ended up in the air. That's happened all the time. Right. We've seen guys do somersaults. You know, there's lots of ways you can get cut by a skate where it is not the other player's fault. It's there's, it's a danger. And I'm glad they're looking into the uh, throat guards, uh, you know, as a possibility of prevent something like this in the future. I don't know if it's going to happen, but you know, the point is it does happen totally legally all the time, but I can't, I can't look at this and say, Hey, this is just at, at minimum super reckless on this dude's part. And uh, in some ways, so like dirty, it's like not even on the scale, um, now, but you know, could he have totally accidentally done it? Couldn't say that one thousand percent, but it, I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure that there's tons of investigations going on on account that this resulted in a death on the ice because of this sure. reckless behavior. Now, sure. um, it does so, factor into something like that. This guy's got a sure. leads the league in penalty minutes. That doesn't mean anything. There's always somebody who leads the league in penalty minutes. I'm not saying sure. he's necessarily, you know, but I a think on this one player. play, I, I think it's going to haunt him the rest of his life. He's going to know what he did on some level. Like, fuck, instead of just taking the L and he's beating me, I, I shouldn't have put my leg that high. Some level I knew that. Why did I do that? He's going to, I mean, I think a normal human being is going to be haunted oh, by that. Now that's something, yeah, exactly. He has to live with. Yeah. Do you think the Connor Clifton hit on Heischer was dirty? I think that was much less uh, obviously dirty in a way that there's a way to look at that and go, look, dude, he sure is number one lower. He's yes. his, his head he, was he, below the dasher. Yep. So you could say you hit a man high. His head was literally about waist height. It, you know, so it was one of those. Th- but he could have pulled up on this at any minute. The puck was in and out. And I don't like watching those in slow-mo only. You do have to see them regular speed a few times because – Let's face it. We slow it down. Almost every hit looks like a goddamn late hit. Right. You know, there's, there's the puck is not technically on the dude's stick, and no, dude, it looked like he had it in that instant, but um, slowed down. It's going to change things up. So, it, but I think in this case, even at regular speed, it did look late. It did look like he leaned the shoulder in. Like I don't want to not get a piece of him. So that that qualifies as look. If you're leaning in to that area, you kind of do know where his head is, even though it's especially low. You know. If anything, you back off because his head is low. You know, yeah. you slow it down because you know this guy's in a vulnerable position. I don't want to hurt anybody, or at least that should be your mentality. You know why, too? It's almost like he's already out of the play. He sure was like, you know, his legs were out from under him. He was going down in the play. He's he's going to be out on the play. He might, like, you know, survive to scrum around there. But you burying him there, I get, look, people want to finish checks. You want to play rough. This is a contact sport. But if you lean in shoulder to head, you know, when you got somebody like that, especially along the boards, I think the league has to protect players in that area because it, it will be like career ending injuries if we run that play long enough and just say, hey, let the boys hit. You're going to have a lot of guys out of careers, you know, and that's a short trip to boarding and paralyzations and yep. all kinds of injuries the NHL does not want. Any thoughts on that, Bobby? No, I, I just 
I hadn't even known how the incident happened, and I was running. No, I didn't either. News. I didn't want to watch it. I didn't. I had no yeah. idea it, it happened. You can't find clips that are definitely not gory if you're curious, just to see. Because you know, I, boy, I, I definitely didn't want to see anybody bleed out on the ice, and they don't show in the clip that I saw. Thankfully, any of what must have been a lot of blood afterwards. Oh my goodness! But, um, so it, it was, you know quote-unquote clean although it's it's creepy as hell you can't get around watching a man take a fatal injury it's right it's not easy to watch now i like i knew it had happened of course you know and they were talking about it and i knew the clip was out there in my head though like you know you kind of think like how did this happen i thought it was probably like just some goal mouth scrum, scrum and a couple guys went right. down oh, and yeah. he went down Step on the skate and yes. that's i had no idea that it was any kind of uh i don't want to say nefarious but like you said, maybe yeah, reckless, a, you know, controversial play. Did uh, he mean to, did he not? And so I was like, uh, they're probably making something out of it. And I'm sure a lot of people fucking are terrible, man. And, yeah. and, and Adam Johnson, he did spend some time in the NHL. He played with the penguins for a little while, yeah. you know, but it, it doesn't matter who he are, who you are. I mean, don't, that's just fucking terrible. Yeah. I did read a quick little interview it, that I, I barely wanted to just shoot myself of reading it. Cause it was like, in a Washington, uh, not Washington, a uh, New York Post article, which that that's a horrible rag in general. Sure, but they is. you know they they were interviewing uh, one of the worst people in hockey, uh, Sean Avery, on this hmm. topic. I guess it was kind of funny they pulled him. Like, who do we know at the New York Post that's a dirty player? Because this is a this is a story about a dirty player. So I want to get a dirty player, and they pulled him out of woodwork. So they had a little interview with him. Bag have to say, yeah, it's, I think it might have even been like an article written about a Fox News interview, so you can really throw up three times. But the it was, was kind of neat uh, reading that you're just like, well, I could see why Avery would totally say that, and I don't even think he's wrong. But he kind of said, you know, that he thought he, he's responsible for it, which I think is fair. But like, he didn't wake up that day to try to kill him because you know these people are, who don't know the sport are like, this is murder. You know, yeah, they're like, no, he on, meant no. to do. Uh, and I ran into somebody today that I, I uh, know and that who is I know is not a hockey fan. And they brought this whole thing up to me. In fact, that's how I started looking into it. I kind of just heard the news like you guys. And I was like, that's so sad and moved on. But uh, she's telling me, yeah, they're going to they're going to charge this guy because he did a, a spinning roundhouse kick and to kill <laughs> and killed that guy. I said, what? Excuse me? <laughs> Like she's, you know, like Jackie Chan what, was on the ice skates. What happened? What's that move called? The the flying lotus in Blades of Glory, where the guy yes. keeps on getting his head cut off. Yeah. Is that is that what she was explaining she to you? Explaining he did the flying level. lotus and took Adam or Johnson's right. head clean off. I'm like, there's no way. And look, this. God love her. I, she doesn't know hockey or anything. So she, I don't know what she was talking about. What kind of fourth hand story? Spinning roundhouse like <laughs> yeah, Bruce Lee I, on ice skates. And I, I've heard other things she says. I know she gets like the really garbage Facebook feed. Well, she'll come to you with every like conspiracy thing out there. Oh, you know? yeah. Okay. So she's one of those people. And so like, you know, whatever. It's like, are you, you know, did you know trap uh, tap water turns you into a reptile? And, you know, I heard that. Weird shit it's like the that. fluoride. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But um, so I, I knew I had to look this up to just mostly to laugh at her. But the grain of truth in it was, you know, that it was being made a big deal out of by morons out there. And uh, no, it definitely was not like a roundhouse kick to the throat like like she thought it was. And it was. I mean, you can say it was it was a hockey play. 
I mean, it, it, it just started. not Yeah, no, it's not like they were fighting. It's not even right. like it's, there's a fight gone wrong. That would have been awful, right? Because uh, when she said, they, uh, yeah, you kicked them. I obviously knew they were not doing Blades of Glory reenactments. So I said, at most, if there's any truth to this, there was some kind of scrum, people on top of each other, and one That's, guy maybe yeah. maybe made a kicking motion with somebody on top of him. That's one thing, you know, is definitely a no. I mean, if you guys will right. fight each and it'll turn a little bit to wrestling punches but no kicking right we're yeah, not gonna you have can't, kicking can't be kicking with skates wow. so yeah oh man that's yeah. just god awful it is kid okay, charlie mcavoy was just suspended from boston for four games i didn't see the hit oh, but i heard I it was really that. fucking dirty um yeah I, I like that the nhl is cracking down on this and just kind of setting the tone early in the season like this bullshit's not gonna fly and especially if you're going after you know Guys like Keisher and, you know, guys that are important to the league and important to their teams. And everybody is, absolutely. But sure. like you said, it does depend sometimes on who you hit and who does the hitting also. Yes. You know, uh, Sean Avery, if he's still in the league, he's going to get a much, I think, stiffer penalty or at least a lot less um, benefit of the doubt than a guy who, uh, you know, maybe has never been gotten a match penalty or something like that before. Right, right. It's going to be really hard for uh, Connor McDavid to pick up uh, a suspension. It right. really is. He's going to have right. to make it so goddamn obvious and brutal that they're going to have to do it because they're not going to want to do it. Now, that being said, can can you imagine this? Like Connor McDavid's not doesn't but, have shitting in his game for a reason. He's busy doing more important things for his team. But Cal McCarr yeah. got suspended last year in the playoffs oh, against absolutely. Seattle. Yeah. You yep. know, and that's Cal McCarr. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, the NHL, yeah, there are certain dudes, but if it is that blatant, they're gonna they're gonna suspend you. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the Devils. Yes. What'd you guys think of the defensive game on Sunday? Better, I think. It, you know, it looked better. I don't yeah. think it's it's perfect. I don't think it's there yet. You know, uh, I think Brendan Smith is still hurting this team. Do you uh, want to hear a crazy thing uh, about Brendan Smith? Yeah. Like Brendan so. Smith has been playing bad, right? He's yeah. ranked right. Now, he's ranked 92 overall for all defensemen yes. in the league and all these yeah. advanced metrics and everything like that. But here's to tell you how bad we have been playing as a team defensively. Brendan Smith is second in the wow. advanced metrics on our team. Wow. And he's obviously just been terrible, but he's been, you know, the one that I think it's been more, like I said, obvious because he's taking bad penalties and, you know, his mistakes are amplified a lot more, I think, uh, because they lead to goals and stuff. I yeah, was shocked. To be fair, we're probably more tolerant of some of the younger guys making errors. Yes. I look at this guy like Brendan Smith again. You're supposed to be the experienced guy in this team, sure. not making the bonehead plays. I didn't, I didn't look to you to score me some goals, right? Yeah, right. That's fine. But you can't be this defensively. We need you right now to be shored up. So I'm probably more critical of him personally on that level. And I agree. I am too. Right now, our defensive ranks, Siegenthaler at one, Smith at two, Luke Hughes at three, Kevin Ball at four, Dougie Hamilton at five, and John Marino at sixth. Now that's shocking to me. I know he hasn't had the start that I expected. I'll be honest. I could tell he's not himself consistently. But I think he's going to get there. I'm not worried at all. He's I think he got there against the Wild on Sunday. Yeah, I thought he yeah, played a he solid game. Very he steady, slow improvement on his game right. the last three. But looked you know, like John Marino. He was a rock right? last year. I mean, he didn't have a bad game last year. He's right. just, he right. never slumped at all. So I was kind of not expecting this. But 
I, I do think it's a temporary thing for whatever reason. I don't even know what it is. And he, I think he's going to get totally on his game. So I'm not too worried about him. I am shocked to see that he was our, you know, metrics uh, supported, uh, or at least what they say are our worst defensemen so far. I did not see that coming. No, me neither. But I think he'll change that quickly, uh, especially if he yeah. keeps playing like he did on, on Sunday. Um, you know, there's one guy I definitely want to talk about real quick. So, you know, we always blow, you know, fireworks out of Tom Fitzgerald's no, ass. I'm glad you said fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was just going to pause. <laughs> just at how great he's been as a general manager, as sure. a steward of this team sure. right now. Sure. He has really done a fantastic job of putting all these pieces in place. And, you yep. know, last year, right after the holidays, beginning of the new year, the little rumblings about Devils want Timo Meyer started happening. There were a couple of other teams in the mix, but for the most part, it was just Devils going after him. And we get him. And yeah. I love that Timo's on this team and he's going to help this team and he's locked up for a long time. And that was a great move. And we all were just celebrating Tom Fitzgerald for it. Yep. And the same thing last year when he basically fleeced Pittsburgh and we got the aforementioned John Marino for Ty Smith. Yep. Is Tyler Toffoli the biggest heist that this dude pulled off <laughs> since he's been the general manager? I know. It is amazing. I, at this point, today, it maybe is. I mean, oh, I honestly did we not knew. see it coming. Like, when he picked him up, I'm like, oh, wow, it's got good. I'm interested to see what happens there. Well, but we I did he not was a realize. 30 goal scorer that yeah. had the potential to do better on this team, for yeah. sure. Then I think he'd have seven already. Of course not. Like that's Eight. almost a goal a game. But my goodness, this guy's on his way, huh? Eight yeah. games, seven goals, three assists for ten points, as opposed to the guy we gave up, Sharon Govich, who played nine games for Calgary, has one goal and one assist and two points. And it's just been like a, this dude has been playing with Hughes his whole freaking career. Like it is just clicking. I'd be losing my mind right now. My mind right now. If I was Calgary, like, dude, oh my god, this is what we got from the Devils, and this is where where look at him now. He's I never, out there you doing, know, oof. I never really thought about it from their side. Oh, what, sucks, what exactly right? were they looking to gain? Was it more control? Were they up against a cap? I mean, why? I well, think there was some money involved, and Toffoli was going to need a, a contract they didn't want to sign you know, if in order to stay from what I got heard. And I think this is a lot of this came from Toffoli too, was that he was in the position fully expecting to sign with Calgary. And um, like Dan said, he didn't have a contract after this year. And he just assumed that he would get one done. And they had signed a couple of other guys and mm -hmm. kind of weren't going to Toffoli. So he finally, you know, just said, well, if you're not going to sign me, then get me out of here. And then he was a devil. So, so, but it, does Sharon Govich uh, still have service on his contract? That's, I mean, I you would think they'd, what, they'd want to at least pick up a couple of years if they thought they were. Yeah, I don't think they got anywhere near player. the same money, though. Like, you know, they're not, yeah. it's going to be a, a savings to Calgary. Sure, and, I get know. the savings part. It's, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, this right now is seeming incredibly lopsided. It does seem like, like he's been here forever. He looks so comfortable as a devil. Oh, definitely. I, especially if you're, you know, a Calgary fan. I guess what you have to do is be like, no, our GM has a longer-term plan, and it does involve some short-term pain. So goodbye to Foley, you know. I get it. Uh, it's possible. I don't know. I don't know. Do we consider Calgary in a rebuild mode necessarily? I don't even know what they're doing with that. Maybe. Well, Other than that, I'm just yeah. – if, if it doesn't make sense and I'm a fan, I'd be so aggravated. I mean, Chris, Chris had some some metrics back in the summer about why 
Calgary will probably be back in the playoff picture. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, are we still calling this a rebuild mode? Because I thought they were kind of coming out of it. Well, I thought that they were too, but they haven't haven't played like it yet this year. But I just kind of assumed with with Huberdeau there and Nordstrom Mm -hmm. coming back and maybe he'll have a better year. And um, it just, yeah, it didn't – it hasn't worked out yet, but Sharon Govich is, it does have a contract up until uh, next 24, 25 season. Okay. So he'll be a UFA then. Um, and he has two years at how much? Let me see. So right now it says that his salary is 3.1 million. His cap hits 3.1 for this season. Um, so I guess he was, you know, this is all about where he was drafted and everything I know like they're that. Saving some money, but that's, that's saved about half. Yeah, yeah, they got another year of service. Goals. Eight less goals in this time period. Yeah, his current contract and seven in the you know, first uh, ten games. <laughs> he that's signed a, a two-year, six-point-two million-dollar contract extension with the Flames. Okay, yeah. so they brought him in and they signed him right away right. to a two-year deal. So he's uh, this year and next year. So I'm guessing that Sharon Govich that was, I guess, a restricted free agent when we traded yeah. him. I'm not, yeah. So, yeah. you know, but yeah, I mean, this might be the biggest heist yet that that Tom Fitzgerald pulled off. It's amazing. I mean, the Timo Meyer was pretty amazing too because that wasn't done like in the dark or real quick like this one. Right. I, I mean, right. it had all the spotlights on it, and I would, I was just kind of shocked. Like that, that's it. That's all we gave up. Yeah, that's it. exactly. You know, you knew you were going to have to pay something for him, and I guess in aggregate, it was definitely not nothing. But it was way less than people were expecting. Oh, we, they're going to want, they're going to want Mercer. They're going right. to want. Uh, there was a couple of names that were floating around. Like, no, we can't get rid of these guys. It's crazy. And we, we thought I was talking Gomez. about, hey, if they're going to take Holtz, I guess it's okay. You know, I would do it for Holtz. I think like right. at least a couple of us agreed. And, and in Maybe the end, none of those four. big. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Everyone but you, Bob. <laughs> but the point was, I, I, I was shocked that uh, we got, you know, Meyer for as little as it was. So it's hard to compare the two deals. It's just that fully so uh, unexpected. And we thought that, you know, Sharon Govich was probably going to be part of that uh, Timo Meyer deal. That's you right. Know? Yeah. Uh, and and then, then when that didn't happen. Yeah. Okay, what are you going to give just... Calgary? You can't get, yeah. can't get the goalie if you don't have your Sharon Govich that they wanted oh, so badly. Just what a freaking <laughs> amazing moves that he makes. And it's crazy that he was able to get Toffoli and that Toffoli is just fit in so seamlessly right now. I just love watching him play on that line. Yeah. Uh, that is a special line. And I'm telling you, even if you, if you don't sign Toffoli after this year, and I don't know what's going to happen. I would think if he keeps playing like this and the chemistry is good, that Tom Fitzgerald will sign him. But even if he walks after this year, you there will be a line of veterans, good sure. veterans oh, that will want right. to come, even if it's only for a year or two. Like, Excellent wait, point. I near the end of my 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 career, and I get to play with Jack, and I can maybe win a cup. That's going to be huge. You know what I'm um, worried about? I'm worried that Fitzpatrick's going to get like basically blackballed out of like if i was an owner i would tell my gm look if the phone rings and it's the devils do not talk to them this <laughs> not reading with the devils we're not going to fucking do it you know because we'll it's the devil. like uh, yeah it's do, doing a deal with the devil is is a treacherous thing these days because 
I wonder if this guy's got like mind control powers. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> like doing uh, hypnotism or something to make these deals. It's insane. It, it so, really is insane. Um, I really can't, you know, credit. There's not another GM that you would dream of having right now. I mean, no. who who out there can do this kind of turnaround? This with making these consistently great moves. Who's doing that? Yeah, you know? and you know, like it, everybody comes into a job as a general manager, as a coach with a plan, you know, and very rarely do those plans uh, ever come to fruition or do they ever go seamlessly to all the stars aligned so that their plan pops out the way they dreamed. And I know that we haven't won anything yet. That's right. It does look like Tom Fitzgerald's plan is, you know, to quote the great Hannibal uh, coming together. You know, it really yeah, does look like exciting it. about it, too, because if you can do these deals right, what it makes you excited about as a fan is that each deal, which is amazing by itself, is part of a larger plan that he's got this whole design and build that you agree with. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that because, you know, Devils fans, we know one way to make a, you know, our dynasty from past uh, older devil fans like us. It was built in a totally different philosophy at a totally different time. Yeah, that's right. And um, there is a, a style of team. It looks like Fitzgerald's going for. We were wondering where the grit meter was, and it's definitely a little bit closer to what we wanted. The moves he's made point in that direction. Yeah, and uh, I think but, it's you know everybody likes better. to play their own. You know, I'm I'm, I'm I want to design my team because I want to be GM. You know, right. And when you put yourself against him, you know everybody I think has little things they want. I can tell you that I do like the direction he's taking the team. I think uh, every little move that I wanted to see this team make year to year, um, he's given me most of what I wanted. You know, difference between him and me is he knows how to make that happen, and I have no idea <laughs> what it would be like to run anything. But you know, everybody's a pretend GM in their mind. You know that. Sure, of course. Well, I know we talked a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, Tony is not here this evening because we can, you know, hear his whole uh, spiel on his Las Vegas Raiders and what they did oh. as far as. Uh, you know, at 1 a.m. Eastern time today, basically clearing house after right. the debacle that happened on Monday night against the Lions. I can't wait to hear Tony's point on all that. But, um, yeah. you know, there are still nine football games to go, guys. And uh, the NFL season's going strong. And DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger, like Bobby. Nice. Oh, Bet five strong. bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings is not stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Sweet. Now, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I think I would actually throw a few bucks down this year on this week on Vegas. They're playing the Giants. They're favored by right. one and a half. They, everything is going wrong for them. They have an interim head coach. It's a shit show there. But that's kind of when teams kind of say, you know what, we're just going to go out there and play ball, and they end up making a little run. Right. So I would maybe take Las Vegas with the one and a half over the Giants because I just nice. think the Giants stink. Yeah, that's so the other part. That is. Equation. So get in on the game day greatness and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Thank you for that. Oh, Jesus. Gambling crown. 
<laughs> Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. Please play responsibly. Mm-hmm. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance or seven days, whichever comes first. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football turns for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's what's with Ontario? I want to know. I want to know, too. There's, well, I don't how many provinces void. in Canada? Yeah. There's only one where it's void in. That yeah. just doesn't even make sense. I don't know. And I know for a fact they have betting there. I was in Toronto. They have casinos in Toronto. Maybe just something with DraftKings. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to insult them like that. Well, I'm just saying, maybe there's a beef between yeah, DraftKings and the province of Ontario. Could be. Could be. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, they probably bet on... Uh, Pucker's investigation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, we need one of those. Maybe they bet on Montreal uh, instead of Toronto. Right. Really, you know, service. They, I don't know, they, they handicapped them more favorably than any Ontario team. Well, basically, fuck Ontario. I think that's what we're yeah. trying to say. Yeah, Ottawa's yeah. in Ontario too, right? So, fuck them yeah. both. Yeah, so they're in some shit too. We'll talk about that after this. Bobby, you ha- you're up. <laughs> yeah, I got the fun stuff. Yeah, you oh. do. Listen, Devils fans, we get it. Since the beginning of time, you've been dealing with the Rangers fans coming into our building and acting like they own the place, acting like it's a bonus home game because it's closer or less expensive. Well, more likely just because they're tired of that dumpy, dark pit they call an arena. <laughs> Regardless of why, it sucks. But there is something we can do for one night at least. The Uncle Puckers, along with a few other Devils podcasts and content providers, are spreading the word to take over Madison Square Garbage on Monday, March 11th. Woo-hoo. Let's all get together in our best home reds and loudly and proudly support Jersey's team. You know the playoffs last year in New York? had some of the largest, most vocal showing of Devils fans in our 40-year history. We do have the fan base to take over that pit of despair, and we owe it to the entitled across the river to do just that. Now understand, your Uncle Puckers are not saying this is about organizing one section of traveling fans, but rather a full infiltration of the world's most forgettable arena. So get whatever ticket you can, and together we can help spread the red on Monday, March 11th. Nice. Well, that is exciting. Uh, definitely. You well, sound exciting. You are selling it right now. Yeah, it really how is. How exciting you sounded. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I think this is going to be so much fun. And I just hope that the Devil fans show up. Yeah. I, yeah I, I don't know. I hate that building. I hate just it's so, it, it. It is so dark and nasty and I can't see I like it. the concept. I like this. Yes. I, I'm gonna, not going to lie to you. I want somebody else to do it. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it may be. It, it <laughs> I'd rather just. The Rangers had a nice arena. We wouldn't care. We exactly. Would just go. It just sucks there, too. Yeah. I mean, it, the nothing suck. worse than right after a hockey game wanting to go take a shower. And that's how you feel <laughs> when you're there. I don't like that building. I really don't. I don't like it for concerts. I don't like anything about it. What do you like, Dan? Oh, well, I, I'll tell you what I do like is the holiday season. You, you know? do, huh? I, it's I love coming it. up. The whole, you know, but I'm not. You don't know what holiday I'm talking about. It could be any holiday. It so. could be. Yeah, but no, we call things the holiday season. 
And we generally talk about it a little later in the year, but I, I want to talk about the holiday season, even though it's, it's only Halloween. You know I mean? I can't start too early. That's a holiday, Dan. That's right. So um, it's really, it's a holiday season already with Halloween. But, you know, let's think a little bit more forward. Um, how about in a couple of weeks, we'll be having Thanksgiving. Another we great will. holiday. Yes, I love Thanksgiving. We'll we that. give a lot of gifts at our house for Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, that's what you should do is think about materialism. Because there is no greater message uh, when it comes to Thanksgiving than materialism. It's yes. it's the things that matter. And whatever we want to do is is really load up on as much as we can at dinner to get ready for Black Friday. Yeah, right? Black right. Black Friday. That's materialism on crack. And you can get everything for your family to show them that you love them in materials, in material goods. Well, what other way can you show other, them? Oh, there is no other way. It's just, exactly. you know, look where we are. And, but you can do this. And then when you shop on Black Friday, I think you should check out Raycon. Now, Raycon right now is saying you could save up to 50% off. Get the fuck out of I'm here. I'm not. That's exactly what it says right here in front of me. Up to 50% off. Five zero? Yeah. Because <laughs> you know why? Their <laughs> early Black Friday sale, it's not on Black Friday. This is, how they, this is how they get you. It's Black Friday now already. It has started. On right Wednesday? Now. Dude, it's the day after Halloween. November 1st. And every day thereafter, it has been Black Friday. This is, is like crazy. So it's it's now it's like making this a whole month. It's like a Black Friday history month or something. So <laughs> it's this kind of extension is so good for the consumer because you can save on your Raycons up to 50 percent. And I know you've heard me talk about these Raycons before. Yeah. Yes, we have. Really? <laughs> but, you know, had I told you about the adventures I've had, I, I probably will continue little by little over the next few shows, tell you about some of the adventures I've had with Raycons. They're amazing. They are really good. And um, I, can't, I can't say enough about my experience with them. I really can't. Uh, but, you know, Raycon, I did a little research here in the form of reading this piece in front of me. It says that uh, they first made a name for themselves in audio, in the audio space, which is kind of like, you know, the market for audio. It's the audio space uh, with products like, Everyday earbuds. There was like some of their classics, you know, every, everyday earbuds. They were great because you could wear them every day. Hence the name. Yeah, it was it was aptly named. You know, I, I used to have six-day earbuds, and it right. sucks because you never know which day. And right. Like, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Today I can't use Oh, shit. So, Wednesday they don't work. Right. This is bullshit. Raycon said, fuck all that. We got everyday earbuds. It's like They're Raycon's seven-minute abs. That's it right. It really exactly. is. This is like Raycon's exactly. seven-minute commercial. Exactly. <laughs> And that's the problem here, but, uh, you know, they, they boast like 32 hour battery life. They fit in your ear perfectly. I know you put a lot of things in your ear. Yeah. Nothing fits like this. Nothing. So, you know, um, you're going to enjoy that. What else? Well, they got a five star review from magic 180 cable. Oh, okay. What is that? And it says, um, <laughs> That these are Type C devices, which is good because my cord is a Type C, so that's going to be perfect. <laughs> what are we talking about? This is what it says. Now, this next part I find difficult. <laughs> Not gonna lie. They they also 
Raycon makes faucet filters. <laughs> like for your house? Yeah. So, look, we all live in New Jersey. The water is questionable. Yes. You want to filter your water? Raycon could do that. With <laughs> yes, what? The same, the same company that brought you 32-hour battery life earbuds also makes a faucet filter. It's How one of the best. Does that it's a fit in your ear. <laughs> It's perfectly, it's perfect. So, you know, um, it's a must have ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. So they're known for delivering high quality products and thoughtful features at half the price from other premium tech brands. It's no wonder that they're, they get five star reviews. I mean, it's, it's awesome. So let's get to what is out there for our fans besides great products like these you can get 20 percent off everything on their site currently and select products up to 50 percent off so you really should beat the crowds now because you know you wait really till uh black friday to get trampled at walmart or you shop like this and i prefer not to get trampled at walmart again this year yeah that was so, a shame but what everybody should hurry now to Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's by Raycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon's products. Just said that. By Raycon.com slash THPN. And that could be for everyday earbuds or water faucet or yes, a that's right. plug. What kind of plug? Didn't you say there was a, <laughs> but, a My plug? plug? Oh, type C. The type, <laughs> type C plug. Yeah. Yeah. That Not one. the type B plug. That no. The type C plug Which for is your the C. only type. Yeah. It's, you know, I guess they mean like the USB-C, you know, so. which is the common one that we like. So Raycon's doing some new things now and they're back on board with us and the Hockey Podcast Network. So uh, definitely check out Raycon.com, DraftKings, and uh, what Bobby was talking about. The oh, devil's yeah. going to New York to take over Madison shit garden. I, I love like this it. idea. It's going to be great. Garbage. Well, okay. How about Madison shit garbage? Okay. You're putting a hat on a hat. It's no good. It's too All many, right. too many All bad right. things. All right. What Madison about square garbage? What about moron shit garbage? Now you've changed all <sighs> the words. Nobody knows what you're problem. talking about. Right. Yeah. yeah. Are you're you still right. reading? Hat on a hat. No, That's we're done right with here all the reads. We're done with all the reads. That was Probably wonderful. Forever. You yeah. guys, everybody did a fantastic job. That uh-huh. might be the best Raycon ad ever written, ever read. I love <laughs> it. Uh, no, yeah. So uh, we got what? We got a little bit of a road uh, trip coming up, right, Bobby? Yeah. Okay. What are we? What are our next bunch of games? I know. I think four like, on the road in a row. I think. Yeah. How long are they on the road for? Well, we got Minnesota, St. Louis, Chicago. These Avalanche are, on Tuesday. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. Devils, Abs, Tuesday in Colorado. Yep. That's going to be a good one. So when we do our pucker predictions on Saturday, we're going to have the Chicago game, the Colorado game, and what else? Capitals on Friday. Okay. All right. And speaking to... of the Capitals, so apparently Nick Backstrom has left the team. Um, really? yeah, uh, I don't know if he's retiring or, I mean, he's old and he probably should retire, but he apparently for, I don't know any reasons, but it was just reported today that he has left the Capitals. Yeah. So, that dude was awesome for a very long time. And, yeah. uh, he didn't, 
I mean, in the hockey community, he got the credit he deserves, of course. But in general, I don't think he did. The amount of points that he put up, uh, he like Ovechkin owes him a lot for. Yeah, some you're of the right. He got. I mean, it really, he really was a hell of a player. So I enjoyed watching him a lot, and I enjoyed drafting him a lot when I was doing the fantasy leagues. And right, he's right. the type of guy that you know, I don't really do that stuff anymore. But you know, it, traditionally, it would be like a second or third round kind of pick. You know, right. to get all the fancy names first. And I would never hesitate to get them literally as quick as possible because I knew those points were going to be up there, you know, with Ovi's basically. So, yeah, and he was battling, player. battling injuries and stuff the last couple of years, right? Yeah. He was in and out of the lineup. So, I mean, it might just be that, you know, he's realizing that maybe enough's enough. And, you know, he's got his cup, made a ton of money, possibly Hall of Fame career. I mean, I think you can maybe argue that about Nick Backstrom. Yeah, I would look forward to you know, diving into his stats and points and all that and, and talking about that one day. But on the surface right now, I can tell you it would seem like it. A very long career with a lot of points every year. That's that's, that's what I remember That's a tough decision, though, for these guys. As they know, do you ever think about that? Like most like of us did. in our lives, uh, you know, never going to face that decision of, uh, you know. Like when to walk away, you mean? Yeah, it's different for different players. If a guy already has a big legacy carved out for himself, and has made a decent amount of money. He's not thinking, well, I got to go play in Europe for a couple of years. And he's just, right. we're talking about, you know, that kind of decision is even rare in professional sports, right? right. Most guys are, are going to hang on to the end fin- until financially they have to get out for something else. Uh, so these guys, you know, that retire like this, it's kind of a special thing. I think looking at it, I don't know what's worse. Maybe you have an opinion. Stay in that extra year that really you just let everybody and yourself down or, retire and, and you're watching year after year going, I can still play. I feel like I could still, I could have been on this team. I could have been on that team. Like it must be so hard to live with uh, the road not taken. Yeah. When do you know? Like, yeah. do you think, okay, let's use like Jonathan Taves. Do you think Jonathan Taves right now is sitting home going, I could play. I can definitely yeah. play. Who wants me, you know, or do I hang it up? I wasn't very good my last year or so in Chicago, my last couple of years, but he was on a really bad team. So, I mean, do you see a world where Jonathan Taves comes back or even Patty Kane, you know, I mean, like, you're right. Like, when is that, when do you know it's over? Yourself in that position and compare it to your own life, like play with the, uh, I I can only, you know, if I could play, I would, because I do it recreationally. It's not the same thing. These guys have done this as a professional career and they could, uh, you know, it's, it's they're really trying to judge: are they going to be on that bright light stage and 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 just you know show themselves to finally fade away? And is that too embarrassing? You know, I mean, I don't I know. I wonder why they would stop in a way. Is what I'm saying too. Right, and I think any professional athlete, every professional athlete, sees themselves going out with a championship, you know, the last game, but you know, very, very rarely does that happen. I mean, maybe that's the why, Mr. maybe that's why Mr. So Devil right. is Mr. Devil. Cause he walked away yeah. at the right time. And Man. I think too, I, I would be more concerned with money and family. I know that right. sounds crazy as fans. We look at these people and we, especially the players we like, we're like, Oh, they're not at all about the money. And we could tell you what, Oh, Jack Hughes could have got more money, but he's a team guy. Uh, but as these guys and have families and they're cruising on towards you know they you have to weigh it like do i want to be doing another year of eight billion air flights bus rides everything else that goes with this a time away from my family when i'm sitting on how much money that i should just go enjoy right now you know yeah there's so many different factors i mean you, you start to get inside 
the head too. And, you know, there's just, again, that human element where you, you typically just expect to be paid kind of more and more in any you know, position of your life as you go. And with, again, with sports, uh, you have to come to the reality that you're probably offering less to the team. And that's where a lot of the imbalance happens, right? That's where a lot of these athletes can't really, whether it's them or the agent or a combination, they don't really kind of break down and honestly say, what's, what kind of value am I now? I just came off a $10 million a year contract. I'm far from that player. Are you going to be honest with yourself? And, you know, yeah, I'll sign for a million five because, you know, I'm going to go down a third, fourth line role and chip in five, six goals a year. Yeah. Or do you and still think, no, I'm the same guy I was 10 I years in, ago? What, but they're also looking at, like, why would I stay another year to make, um, you know, one one tenth of what I, I made in the. Well, it's harder on the years, big guys, right? That have made like yeah. the major money. But if you talk about yeah. kind of the, the, the more kind of middle of the pack guys that maybe they got a $3 million contract for a year or two, but their careers are short. And, you know, it, you got to try to make as much money as you can at a time. If, if you can hang on for another year at $550,000 or set whatever the minimum is now, oh, yeah. I mean, it's certainly well, not a terrible living. You so, know, the, how you just, you know, put that out there. One guy does come to mind to me, and that's Blake Wheeler. You know, yes, Blake I was Wheeler of him. was an exceptional player and has made a lot of money and right. is not the same player he used to be and didn't go and do like, Patty Kane maybe demanding top money, demanding top minutes. He said, I will come to New York. I will play for $800,000. I will play in the bottom six, and I'll do the best I can. And that's a guy who knows. I love that attitude. Yeah, knows his role, knows what he can bring, is not asking to somebody to break the bank. He understands he's not He's not all driven by dude. ego, too. When I look right. at sometimes the bigger names, and they're like worried about protecting maybe their – their right. stats and legacy or just like, you know, and he's still got the ability to kind of have those bang moments where, you yeah. know, old Whitney comes in, he, you know, gets a goal or two that you really need. Um, maybe wins you a game or two in a playoffs. If it goes that route, like he's still, he'll still have it in him, but on the day to day, yeah, a little less minutes, a little yeah. less energy. You know, another guy is, uh, you know, um, uh, Oliver, uh, what's his name? Oliver Ekman Larson from Florida, you know, again, and they were both bought out. I think like, like wasn't Wheeler bought out by Nashville this year. And then Larson was bought out by, I think Vancouver. Right. So like these guys had teams basically tell them they didn't want them. We're going to pay you not to play for us. And then going and, and like being humbled by that, but going to other teams, taking whatever you were willing to pay. And I'll like a guy like Larson, he's going to try and build himself back up. You know, a guy like Wheeler, you're at the tail end of your career. You probably only have a couple of years left. But I no, do. True. I, like, I if think that's a movie about hockey players. These are the people you would be more interested in, right? Absolutely. Like, everybody knows yeah. the big names. The kind of, it'll tell you the story of you know their debut in the league and this, the the big names in the sport. But really, the more human stories that are more interesting are those guys. I've yeah. always again, long you know. favorite athletes that have a little realism to their role and, and right. on the team and what it means for the team concept. You can go back to Brodor. We've talked about it a million times, how much money he could have left for. Like we talked about Patrick Ilyash could have left for a couple of million more. Brodor could have left for like four or five million more a year. Oh, oh yeah. Really in his peak. Yeah. Jim Dowd. When we talked about Jim Dowd, when we talked yeah. with him, right? He yeah. is the epitome of that too, isn't he? Yes, he is. But you got to be able to do it. Cause I, I forgot to bring this up, but it was a, probably a month ago or more now, but you know, one of the XM morning shows, I didn't. I, it's one of these things I know, but you don't think about all the time. How like a player taking a half a million less? And talk a big contract guy, like somebody who wants nine five and sells for nine or something like that. That half a million less come trade deadline time 
forecasted out by the fact that three quarters of the year is gone. Right, so it's a two million dollar right. rental or a three million dollar rental. It's not. Oh, now we can go get a five hundred thousand dollar player at the end of the year. You're getting a salaried player at almost three million when you're trying to do it, and that's why for each and every guy that takes two fifty off or five hundred off the end of the year, that could be you know trade rentals of you know eight million dollars. So it yeah. is significant when you look at what you can do down the line. And could of course, be, you want to build a team that is signing an important guy on your team now who's going to be a UFA and maybe you didn't have the money, but with everybody else kind of taking a little less, you can keep the team together. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good right. way of looking at it. Like uh, You're right. The uh, trade deadline gets are, in some ways, a rental. Uh, almost mm-hmm. always, you know, like right. you could say, oh, they're going to stay with the team, but you have to go after them and get them, right? Which, well, with, uh, yeah, because Meyer, mo- that was a great example. And most teams aren't trading high value players that have a lot of term left, you know, especially if the team, sure. unless the team is complete garbage and it's a bad contract, like, you right. know, Carlson out in San Jose and stuff, you know, those, but like for the most part, like Timo Meyer had, you know, this was it for his deal. He was a, you know, he was an RFA, but he was a free agent after this year. Right. Uh, well, made San- a good point about keeping your cap yeah. open enough to have that rental ability. Yeah. You know, like you have to be able to do that. And uh, you're right. When our players pitch in and take a little bit under market value, that means a lot. Uh, you know, it shows they have a long view of the team. It's exciting for fans to think that they got the kind of buy-in. I, I mean, I think right now I wouldn't do anything to change this devil team. But, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure already Tom Fitzgerald has his you know, the wheels going and, and, you know, what kind of good defenseman can he get and where can he get them from? And, you know, no it's, I mean, this team's offense could probably keep him above the pack all the way to the playoffs. And Tom Fitzgerald's still going to go out there and make sure if he needs a steady stay at home D man, that's really going to make a difference. He'll make it happen. He's not going to let it go that far and say, well, this is one piece we really need, but I'm not going to go do it. Last year, there was talk of like, should he go deep this year? Should he, you know, keep his powder dry and wait till next year? And he showed no inclination to, you know, wait for next year. That was last year. This year with the moves made, I think that's, yeah, beyond question. He's not going to stand pat if there's a move to be made. No, if there's any kind of weakness that he feels that uh, this team needs to to overcome, he's going to go out and get it. And uh, yeah, I I love having this uh, general manager like this. I mean, I love having a guy that is just not afraid to take his shot. Um, Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't for Fitzgerald's sake. For the most part, it's worked. But, you know, it's so much better than having a general manager who just wants the status quo. Like, I mean, just, you know, let's just keep our head above water. With some things he he has no control over. Like um, the defenseman, you know, we say he'll go out and get him. But you know, you've got young guys too, so you can't give up too much, you know? Right. Uh, and they, they want to like still keep the future intact with a defenseman position. You got less guys, you know, you got to be careful about and we have so give up many, now. so many young D men in our pipeline that are going to be really good NHL players. Yeah. They're not all going to be able to play for New Jersey. No, they can't. And that's the yeah. rationale too, behind the fact that if we look at how deep we are right now, and how good this team is with a lot of guys who haven't even performed up to their cards yet, to be honest with you, like some nowhere near as you know, close as they should be. Um, not all these young kids are going to get to play. Like we still have a major strength position back there for when we need it. And even the, you know, the defenseman that I brought up there, that's not like, I'm not, I'm not envisioning getting somebody with a bunch of term. I'm saying this is more 
you know, rental. a serious rental because we do have a couple of yeah, def- definitely a couple need. defensemen yeah. that need yeah. to be on this roster long term. Right, but definitely. if it comes to winning this year, um, you can go there, out. There, and get there's the guy. a couple moves this this team can still make. Yeah, sure. I would say, I would say, even even one that staying a little, you would accept. You know, if the, oh, this guy's out of the lineup, that kind of sucks. But this, I'm sure Fitzgerald's not going to disappoint. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look at it. Look at it this way: nobody counted on Toffoli right. being here. That was a shock. Now he's here. Right away, we all said, "Well, probably not going to sign him. He's going to want X, and we already pay all this." Like we said today, this guy scores forty goals, fits mm-hmm. in the team real well. Now he pivots and says, "All right, I do need to sign this guy." So not only am I going to sign this guy, but I'm probably going to do a trade for someone else and probably relinquish a prospect or two that now is just blocked. So right. let me get the most I can get for this prospect in another area where we're maybe not quite as good, which is probably right now at least that sixth defenseman. Man, how many fucking plates does this dude have spinning, right? I mean, yeah, Jesus, yeah. it's crazy. How do you fucking even sleep as a general manager for any sports franchise, especially hockey? Because I think hockey is probably the toughest GM uh, job to have. And only because you're – like the NFL is very hard. I get it. But the NFL also like your main job as, you know, is draft and free agency, your scouting and stuff like you have as a hockey general manager, you have to keep the pulse on not just what your team's doing. What's your minor league affiliate doing? What's right. your ECHL affiliate doing? What that's are your crazy. European I mean, they uh, affiliates have teams doing? They run. And, and that's the thing too. You know, that we think of these GMs, like he's some mad genius. Like, did you see that? Um, what was it? The Queens Gambit? HBO series or no. whatever it was, Netflix series. Well, anyway, she's like some chess master, and she looks up when she lays down on her bed. She looks at the ceiling and sees the pieces moving. Right? Mm-hmm. She's always thinking about the game, like you said. How, I don't know how they could even sleep. Yeah, and there is a lot of that. But I think I bet you a lot of these successful guys like Fitzgerald, they probably have like teams of people they trust. Sure, they're con- and they're just on their ass about knowing everything out there, and they got a direction. Uh, because it's such a, you're right, so many, as you said, spinning plates. Well, yeah, Fitzgerald's doing such a great job. And so, I mean, we're 5-2-1. and one. We uh, are in a two-game win streak. Uh, we'll wrap this show up, but I'm just curious. We got Minnesota, uh, second half of the home-and-home, home, and then we go to St. Louis. What do you guys think? Is this thing going to keep on going? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think, I think so, too. Turned a corner, right? I, I believe Feels like they're it. Play closer and closer to in a full game. They were yeah. that was their best game as far as out of sixty minutes uh, last game, and I think they're going to build on that. Yeah, yeah. a little more consistency all around, a mm-hmm. um, yep. little more team play, and again, I'm really excited by the prospect of guys that have done shit so far are not going to do that all year, and these are guys I'm literally not even worried about. Although it's starting to get a little long now. <clears throat> I mean, other than Mercer, who are you talking about? Well, Mercer in particular, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Heischer before he got hurt. Palat still only has two assists. Um, Lazar has played in most of the games. I don't expect him to be a big point guy. I like the game that he brings and other stuff, but I still would like to see something chipped in from those lower lines a little bit. So yeah, um, a little more balance throughout on the lower half. A couple of our guys that should be doing at least something. And for Mercer, he's like one of the keys for me on this next Minnesota game. Like I just want to see Mercer. I don't even care about getting on the board. Like I want his presence felt the way he used to be. You know, he's like yes. that little spark plug that he just he can dig the puck out. He makes things happen. You're right. I want to he see has more not been as dynamic out there on the ice. It's not just the lack of being on the scoreboard. He's not getting too many great chances that are getting stoned, and he just doesn't have the touch. He's like visibly less dynamic, and 
Uh, I don't know what's going on with that. You know, if he's having problems fitting a certain role that they're all trying to figure out or what it is. I think that's a that's big a part of it, Dan. I really do. I think like, you know, especially this early in the season, everybody has to just settle in, you know, early in, everybody's trying to do everything, you know, and you kind of saw that in the beginning of the year, they are a very young team, you know, they can't, sure. they, and with a lot of new pieces this year, as great mm-hmm. as last season was, now you're building upon it. It's not like you have, this is the thing about the devils. They don't have that winning culture yet. They're right. getting it. But it's they're not the Boston Bruins, Carolina. Even Carolina struggled, so I won't use them this year. But like even it's like Vegas, a, a way you can um, imagine them saying, "This is not how we do things here." If right. Well, it is as how, how we've been doing things here. That's what's wrong. You know, we're still coming out of that funk. Exactly, and we're yeah. we're coming into now starting to be that team, like okay, led by Jack and Nico and guys like Palat and stuff that they set the culture that when you come in here, everybody has a role. It's what spread is that? down to everyone. And it, and it's starting to. And yes. I think that, you know, over the course of the next three or four years, this is going to be a team that cons- gets considerably better every right. single year they're because of their culture. Their identity. So, yes. you know, you don't want to see – there's a pitfall here with some of the star players we got here that we could become a one- or two-star player team, and the rest of the team's not a full buy-in. Right. And, and so we need, like, that, you know, fire in all cylinders, uh, every line – being their best and and Mercer's a huge part of that. So I really expect him to turn it around. I just wonder if they're like asking this him in this new position to play differently and it's he's not been able to play the game he wants because he's trying to play differently. And if so, how? Is it more defensive they're asking of him? Is it the chemistry of the players? They want a certain kind of play, not uh, you know, as much off the rush, but well, dump who- the chase a little bit more. What is this role that this line is playing? Is something that is he's adjusting to, or maybe something totally different that he was just going to go through no matter how the team was set up? I don't know. Now, what, what he's been all the over the place. What were the lines on on Sunday? Because like I said, I missed the beginning. Who's st- what, so who, Mercer was, centered the third line, I believe, right? So Mercer with Hala and and, and, um, and uh, Lazar, Lazar. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and he did look better. And then Not you great. had, and then so who who was centering the second line? That's a good question. With Palat and Brad. Did he move up there? Now I don't remember. Maybe at times. I don't remember. Where McC- mm. I know McLeod moved up too, so maybe... Yeah, I thought McLeod was centering the third line the other night. I don't know. So maybe but, Mercer you know, did move all the way up there. I, didn't, I don't really recall. I think he'll get on the board, and I think but he's, he's going to get moved. on the board tomorrow. I do. That'd be I, great. That'd be great. You yeah, know, they're probably going to be going up. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, he has been more noticeable uh, the last couple, the last two yes. games, the last two wins. I think he's been a little bit more noticeable. He's, you know, he's had a couple, thought he skated his ass off in the wild game. I thought he was, you know, he was around the puck a lot. Um, but like you said, I think a lot of this now is just starting to settle down and everybody kind of finding their places. Things are starting to really click. The power play, even the penalty kills have been better the last few games. So, yeah, I think they're going to build off this and they're going to really start, you know, I think coming into their own. And, you know, I think after this season, whatever happens, I think that's where, you know, this team will have that winning culture. And it'll be, you know, like you said, like, you know, when guys came into this team fresh in, you know, anywhere from 95 to 2000 and, you know, five or whatever, whatever you walk in. You had Stevens, you had Danico, you had these guys, basically, this is how we do things. We don't fuck around. We don't blah, 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 however it is. And everybody bought in 
And I think yeah. now, like, yeah. we're just kind of getting there now, you know, yeah. like to figure it all, like, who's the real leaders on this team, you right. know, and I see Jack as one of the biggest leaders. I think that they, you know, this team just follows, we'll run through a brick wall for that dude. Definitely. Um, That's another bummer about Nico being out. It, yeah. I feel like he needs, he needed to increase his presence as a captain this year. I agree. And it definitely doesn't hurt that he, it doesn't help that he's hurt now and is out. Because uh, it takes away, he's, he's literally his presence is not here when he's out, and he needs to be more of a a presence felt in the locker room as the captain. Uh, I think he's got his own style about him, and I think the team it might be the proper fit for the team. But you know, I just would like to see that be more of a leadership position that you can kind of notice out on the ice. Yeah, you know, I think by mid year. We're yeah. going to see all that. We're going to see everything balance back out. Actually, I do apologize. I just kind of refresh the page. It looks like it was McLeod that moved all the way up to the second line, and yeah. Hall has centered Mercer and Lazar. Okay, okay. I like that. Yeah. So it was uh, so Mercer with Palat and Brat. Mercer with Hall and Lazar. Oh, oh, McLeod moved up. McLeod with moved all the way okay. up. Okay, okay. With Brett. Right. All right. Yeah, and. Um, you know, not for nothing. I'm, I'm not doing this to to pick on anybody or whatever because I think there's a lot of guys on the team that still need to move. But I still just I don't quite understand um, Palat's promotion to the second line. I think that for what he gives, and he is a hell of a player, he gives it better on the third line. And the the demotion to Holtz just isn't sitting with me well. And I I know, you know, I'm the Holtz guy, right? But yeah, beyond yeah. that, like he has literally done nothing that I says disagree. he needs to be down there. But, uh, but I think he's played really good on that fourth line, and I think. But he hasn't that, played bad on any line. But I think that the way, especially like the goal he scored the other night, I think that against Buffalo, I think it was yeah. right that net front goal is a you know gritty goal. It's a fourth line goal. He went and got himself in yes. the right position. That was a, a he great did goal. I liked everything. That. He skated his yep, ass he off there. Did. And I think the fourth line takes that pressure off of him that, you know, hey, you're our sniper. You got to score. Now down he the can, wing and make a pretty shot in the corner. Right. Now it's, you know what, just go and hustle and work hard and it'll be there for you. And I think the fourth line could be very good for him. I really do. I know you're, I know you hate Palat and you want to we sleep with I don't hate Palat, that. but we're eight Maybe games more of that in. Style of player. And you did. still have two assists and you're going up and up the charts. And I just feel like if Palat, if he had a better given role, he can do more for this team in that very specific role. You could still I, move Holtz up and down in this net, but yeah. it's just, I don't know. Like, I understand. Don't forget, too, Holtz is, is, has the least amount of experience yes. versus Palat with the most. So you got uh, to factor in his effect on the rest of the team, the rest of the players. And, I mean, you Holtz. Know, Holtz is, might be helping other guys. Yeah, Maybe I mean, Holtz is brand new. Palat is a leader, and he is a guy that everybody on that team looks up to. I mean, he's the right. only one skating around with two rings. Uh, you know, I mean, I just think that Palat deserves that second spot. Now, and he, he's been playing well. He's always in the mix. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, Holtz ain't dropping the gloves when fucking Nico gets his head taken off. Dude, I'm just saying totally, there are a lot of yeah. little things. I totally get what you're saying, but I think yeah, it's not I all the point about the point. The I know it's not all about points. On the but fourth line as much. So, so I get the, you know, you can. Numbers aren't that. linear, so this probably isn't going to happen. But now we're 16 games in. You do the math. He's got four assists in 16 games. But, you know, but also. But I understand what else is intangibles, he doing? but well, I understand. Like I said, I do understand intangibles. 
But on a line, on a second line on this team with four assists, mm-hmm. and again, we don't know this is going to happen. Plot could start lighting it up at any moment. He definitely he will. could. Yeah, he probably will. Um, I said that earlier. I think he's going to have a hell of a bounce back year. I expect the goals. I hope north so. I mean, I know last year he did not live up to his full potential. I don't think anybody said, "Oh, that's that's Palat's best possible outing with the Devils." Yeah, but he was, was out promising. for half of the season. You know, he had well, to get the surgery and everything. Absolutely, he actually started off great. Yeah, got quit earned, injured quick. That took a long time to come back. When he came back, I feel like he uh, reached what. 75, 85% of what you you thought his ceiling might be. It was still a really good contribution to the team. I just don't feel like it was, you know, everything you dreamed that that the skill set he had. Could For provide. me, I saw, I saw him in the playoffs. And even right, though yeah. he didn't get too many points in the playoffs, obviously that one goal was that, absolutely that's tremendous. What I mean, too. I his playoff presence that, was felt immediately. A hundred percent. His value was in the playoffs. Yes. So that's what I mean by him. Like, I don't think uh, necessarily we're going to get like a full bore crazy amount of stats during the regular season with him. And I don't think it really matters. I, I think as long as he has a good effect on the team and he's not really holding us back from winning games, you are putting him in a position so that he knows where he is come playoff time. And it, that's where he's going to turn it on more. And you know, yeah. it's, it's a little weird to think of it like that. And I, I'm not saying he's going to cruise through this regular season, oh. but he's, I just, serve. He's more playoffs focused. He reminds me of like a Claude Lemieux almost. Yes, and I think there's just so much more of what Palat brings to this team than just the production on the ice. And I say that like when we're talking a few minutes ago about the culture of this team and what is going to be the culture of this team. Well, culture is not just, you know, it's also how you play. You know, when your captain gets hit, you stick up for him. Remember when Palat came right. back after his injury and he got like his fucking whole mouth knocked out of his teeth, like Absolutely. every tooth in his mouth knocked out and the dude went into the back, got fucking stitched up, came back and scored the game winning goal. That's, That's right. how you build. And culture. how about this later, this and, latest he sure uh, hit who was going right at him. Yeah. I mean, well, that's he's a guy that I think just helps build the culture of what this team I get that. wants to be. And I think yeah. he could still do that from the third right role. So let me ask you this. Heischer's yeah. going to be back, and we yeah. know what Heischer can bring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, let's say Mercer resembles at least most of what Mercer was last year. Mm-hmm. Everyone on this Uncle Punters wanted Mercer up on the first two lines, yeah. which automatically puts Palat back in the third. You're okay with that if yeah. Mercer's – productive oh look i get I, your point Bob. You, even you're right. this, between mercer and holtz i'm fine with either Forget of holtz, the, yeah. i mean i mean uh, mercer and palat i'm fine if if palat is on the se- third line and mercer's on the thir- second or vice versa but i do not think that holtz should be up there is where this original conversation came I'm saying, from. all things being um, equal now if if Mercer right. was playing up to Mercer's capabilities, who's the, the better the second third line guy. liner? Yeah, definitely. The, I would agree then, with that. And, and so my, whole, the my whole overarching point it's not is like just Palat that. needs to be on the second line. Yeah, he just so Palat no. just feels like the but perfect Holt, third yes. liner to me, and that's not a, a dig on him. I, I value I third lines in hockey so much. I think they're so underappreciated for what they do, which is why I want him there. Like, yeah, no, steady, I get that. I totally you know? get that. I just, I do think. Um, Holtz is over the course of his, you know, new career, he may change where he fits best. And I think it's good sure. time to try him at fourth line because he hasn't offered everything he can with the type of goals you get from a fourth line. And he just showed that, hey, wait, he does this and it might work out pretty good. There may be other times in his career where 
his best contribution is going to be what he can also still do now, which is be a, a second line or well, third think, line. It's just a matter of what's best for this team right now. Right I mean, now. I, I think they're doing the right thing with Holtz. I really do. I think the fourth yeah. line, McLeod, Bastion, good energy. They, they yep. get in front of the net. And Holtz is still getting his power play time. So he's it's still getting like good training, too. He's yeah, and he's still getting that power play time going. to be able to go show off his offense and everything like that. So I think he's, they're doing a good job with how they're developing him and getting him and get, you know not expecting too much from him and let him get it at his own pace. I yeah. think every time before he came up, he was kind of thrust into positions that he wasn't comfortable in. And I think this is working yeah. out for him. I think he's had a couple of good yeah, games at least in a now. row. I think in a, a year or two. Oh, knows, yeah. This is a different feel say like. he's, This is the devil's second line center, bar none. Like, this easy, easy choice. Jack, number one. It's very possible. Number two. Yeah. Uh, we're not there yet. You know? I just feel like every time he got called up, he got called up in one of these lower roles and not really given that chance a solid week even of the higher roles. I mean, all camp and then they break camp and it's like, Oh, by the way, you're just going to go down to the third. Now I, that's all I'm saying. Like I got you last and year, I, the year before he came in as a fourth liner. We got to try something new sometimes. And maybe but, a lot of that house has to do with just that, the Heischer injury right now. So when he comes back, you know, who knows how things so, are going to uh, mellow yeah. out, but I, I get your point. I mean, it definitely are, you know, I completely see where you're coming from. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But right now, I think that the way that he has the line set up, I I, I like him. I really wouldn't change I do, too much. And we're without, winning. Well, yeah, without Heisher we're right winning. Now. We're so winning. Right. Th- things are working. I get it. Yeah, totally. I like, and, too, like where this sets up, what kind of great center Holtz can be. Something a little bit more like we're getting out of Heisher than Hughes probably fits this team best. If Holtz did all his, you know, every fancy play he could and tried to be another Jack Hughes, it probably well, wouldn't work out. He's well a winger, actually. He's not. He's not a yeah. No, I get Natural it, I get center. It. Yeah. But you, you know what I mean. Like it's it's good that he's coming in this mold. I think compared to, you know, maybe Hughes. Yeah. That, I, it's a better fit for his. Totally. For his always felt that people need to kind of work their way in. You know, you, the younger guy, you're going to get those lesser roles and build yourself up. Um, and you know, kind of learn on the job. Um, I just feel like we've done this dance with him for a few years, and a lot of people feel like it's kind of like show us now or maybe you're better off on another team that might give him a really good chance and he's going to blow up. I just afraid that this will be the one guy that we do it's let way, go. Yeah. That does fucking blow it up somewhere else because he's not really given a chance to, to show what he can do. Well, I think, I think that, that they, change. they have, I can see that happening, but I also see a guy who they could have walked away from a couple of times and they chose to stick with them. So I do think they believe that's an excellent point too. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like you keep on saying, you know, the guy has to have every opportunity to succeed and maybe we're not giving him every opportunity to succeed. I it's completely probably as slow, slow coming because this team is stacked. Dude. Yeah. It's amazing. Right. Like he's not getting the same uh, minutes coming in the way he sure did. Cause he sure wasn't on the team then, you know, right. And that's the problem is that and it's, it's not the same team to break into that it was five years ago. It's really hard to break into this team. Like if Holtz yeah. gets a solid 10, 11 minutes a night playing on that fourth line and getting second unit power play duty and chipping in there, like he'll get his points and he'll, he'll, and I think he'll be very happy and comfortable there. You know, if he establishes, yeah. I, all I have to say about Alice Holtz is whatever role Lindy Ruff and Fitzgerald feel that he needs to be in. He needs to just play that role the best he can. And I thought he did that on the, he did do that. Yeah. He's showing. All right. Yeah. I will do it. Yep. And and I give him a lot of credit for that. And absolutely. All right. He's going to do well, no matter where we put him. 
Yeah, I mean, I like what he's doing, but we're going to wrap it up now. It's getting a little bit late. So uh, to our listeners, thank you so much for staying up with us. Well, not staying up with us. It's not live. You can fucking listen no, to us whenever yeah, the hell you listen, want. Right? So, you go to thanks sleep, for like, hanging out for an hour. Once in a while. It was a lot of fun. Um, so give us a, uh, uh, a positive review, a like, a download, um, negative review, whatever you want. We are the Uncle Puckers, Bobby. Dan, I'm Chris. We will be back on Saturday evening in full force. And finally, we can get back to uh, The Devil You Know, know. which will be the first Devil You Know of season two of The Uncle Puckers. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. So we'll see you when we see you. Book is out. Jenny. It's over. All right. Now, that... <laughs>